and current affairs podcast in a talk show style apparently as always i'm joined by my colleague and co-host professional gambler with however many uh years of experience and apparently an award-winning one which he calls himself panda how are you i'm all right thanks mate yeah yeah euros what a weekend i'm shattered today yeah. from the weekend i'm we usually record on a thursday don't we but we're mm. here recording on tuesday the uh today 6th of july so yes. i'm a little bit underprepared and undercooked for this episode but we shall battle through nonetheless and the reason for that is twofold so i'm actually off to wales tomorrow in lake vinwy and i'm going so remote that i can't i don't even have phone connection or 4g or 3g so gonna be a nice little digital detox i think considering I spent so much of our time on um on line and on computers on phones over the last year and a half and secondly Obviously, then if we did record on the Thursday, it'd be after the semi-finals were done. So, yep. you know, a bit of a, a, a double whammy there. Look, we're running this huge prediction competition, aren't we, with a lot on the line. So we had to get the show in today so we could predict the semis. And as we won't be back on Thursday, we need to predict the final as well. And somehow mm. we need to run through all possible permutations. That's very, very... Very and wise. try and calculate who we think is going to win. So we need to get the predictions in today and put a line underneath Euro mm. 2020 and then we can see who the winner is. It feels like it only started three days ago, doesn't it? Has it well, felt, has it felt I, like I it's gone really quickly? Cle- I used to hear that in the office and that was one of my pet peeves. I'm like, you know, that's just a really terrible it. small talk item, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> get up to over the weekend. I've got to tell you what, this month's flying by. Oh, it'll soon be Christmas. You know, just full of just empty words. And if someone said that to me in the office, I'd hit them over the head of the audit file. Um, so I can't agree with you. What, what was your go-to at the water cooler then? I, I honestly would not speak. I'd purposely try and just draw it out and make it as awkward as possible. If I had nothing to say, I would just stand there. But I wouldn't look at my phone because that's also full of cowardice. I bet there's a lot of yellow bellies listening to this show now that when they're in the lift or when they go to the water cooler, as you've said, um, they will bring out their phone and look down on it because they just don't want to face that awkward confrontation and silence. It's a disgrace, and isn't it? shame on you, to be honest, and I hope I don't meet any of you. But <laughs> anyway, uh, quick correction on last week. Yeah, um, have we got any, have we got any uh, yeah, corrections? So, so I like to call this part of the show housekeeping. And, uh, well, I don't know why. I've just kind of made that up on the spot. But That's another great segment name, to be honest with you. You're on a roll. <laughs> yeah, housekeeping. So uh, I, I brought up aphids last week as one of my favourite insects. And I won't give the guy away. We've got a secret massive fan of aphids in the community and he said look i don't want to put myself out there so anyway he corrected me and said he could talk all day and night on aphids and the experiment i was talking about was the one in rothamstead so i said rotherham rotherford i got it wrong it's actually rothamstead so you want to look that up aphids rothamstead and you can read what i read so that's part one um and then oh i think that was the only housekeeping actually only had a good comment had a good comment here though about how they'd like to get people in to face off with you in a, in a quiz style format oh, and whoever God. gets the most correct wins a trip to the zoo with me to see the birds and wildlife or something of similar <laughs> incredible value uh, which tickled me because i thought is that really that valuable and he said yeah seeing me in my natural you know habitat um would be a joy for many so that's something we can contemplate have you seen um any of the uh bits of food that i've been posting on twitter um I can't say I've shown a massive interest, really, to be fair. It's not really moved the needle for me, but has it, any any decent ones in there? I thought your lunch with the spaghetti alioli, is that what oh, that was called? Yeah, yeah. Alaolio. Is that what? Okay, I thought that was quite nice, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I do like Was that. that buffalo mozzarella on the side? No, it was actually a burrata. I mean on the left. I mean on the plate on, on the left. On the left, yeah, yeah. What's a, a burrata? burrata? A burrata. It's like, um, it's like a, have you never had a burrata before? Well, I don't know what this is. It's like it's like mozzarella's uh, older cousin. It's like oh, kind of watery fa- in the middle. Sometimes oh, not- by the Italians called a burattina. Yes, that's it, literally milk of bosom, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a massive one being made. In um, there's a good video of that. There's a specialist place you go to in a region, which I I forget what it was now. Yeah, I know, I I know about that. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so you've been getting a bit of feedback. Seems to be going down better than me. We've got a question on food later, haven't we? <laughs> I did. I did have someone who was like who, who kind of slagged it off a little bit, and this is for me one of the best Italian restaurants in in North London, by the way. And he was <laughs> like, "Oh, I live in Hackney," and I was like, "You know what? Next Friday, me, you, and Panda will, will go to this restaurant, and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll watch you say six out of ten to my face as you enjoy your pasta." Oh yes, we will. And he was like, there. "Can't do next Friday. It's my girlfriend's birthday, but yeah. one weekend I'll take you up on it," which was uh, quite cool. Um, where, where did you watch the game Saturday? Where did I watch the game on Saturday? I watched it at a friend's flat. Mm, mm. You didn't drink, did you? No, I don't think. No, no, no. I've um, recovering. I've had, I'm ready I've for your a, trip. No, no. I've had a bit of a. Uh, I mean, look. If there's any doctors out there, I've had a bit of a um, a, a virus that isn't COVID that actually uh, impacted my liver a bit. But um, I actually got the blood test back today, saying mm. that I'm all clear. So I'm um, going on so I can um, drink to my heart's content. Well, probably Good. not to my heart's content, but probably should, will, for the semi-final. And then if we do get to the final, then um, I've already kind of wiped Monday clean just in case. Excellent. You know? it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go, but so come if on. If there is any doctors in, in listening, then uh, get in my DMs. How, how, do I, how do I make the liver better? Milk thistle. I could have told you that. I've, I've said that. I said that a year ago. I feel me. like you've Every said that to me about like a, 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 about a like seven different things. Uh, no, mainly about the liver. I, milk thistle was one of my favourite things. Apparently, blueberries uh, are quite good as well. Or antioxidants. I'm not sure they're great for the liver. Wow. I think milk thistle is all you need. Um, I've been looking at this week actually at bone conditioning. Have you heard about that? No. So you're a martial artist, so I'd have assumed uh, you'd known about this. I came on air today to talk to you about Oh, this. I do know this. I do know this. Go on, go on. Well, no, just bone conditioning and yeah, yeah, strengthening yeah, your bones. Yeah, you're, 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 you're breaking them little bits at a time. Yeah, so you don't want to shatter stronger. them. And what, yeah, what no. I don't want is people out there shattering bones left, right and centre and blaming me. And this isn't advice, but I've been reading about bone conditioning. So creating micro-fractures in your bones. Yeah, yeah, that's So it. punching a pole or punching a wooden board until you create those micro fractures. So until the skin is bruised or bleeding and then giving it a long time to heal and recover. So the fractures repair harder than before. It's a bit similar to how you go to the gym. And you, the idea of that is you tear your muscle fibers down uh, by lifting or, you know, pushing resistance. And then, you know, you have protein supplements, what have you, amino acids, and they are the building blocks that fill in the gaps in the muscle fibers and make them bigger and denser. So this is a similar process, and I'm considering going down a path of bone conditioning this summer, um, but we shall see. Oh, mate, do you know what? One thing that I did did bookmark as soon as we finished our um, last show, mm. did you see the story of the British man who became the first patient ever to break his penis vertically after Nick. hitting it so hard against his partner during sex? Yeah, but no details have actually come out of that yet have they around I mean, how, what position or whether it was bone conditioned i mean it, it can't have been conditioned can it uh, <laughs> not clearly I mean, not I, i'm just feeling a bit yeah the, the most common accident and i'm sure we've all been there is when you go to a and e it's a very common a and e accident and i'd be shocked if under 20 percent of the listeners hadn't done this before is when you get the henry out you know the hoover um and you attach that <laughs> Wait, hang on <laughs> You know where I thought this was? I thought this was going somewhere completely different. No, you take the, I just, you take... I just, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, take, my my brain was so it. ready for like a serious injury that I that I that know is, in my that head. Is a si- that's a serious injury. No, oh, okay, go on, go on. Look, Henry Hoover, penis, A and E. If you Google that, look, dwarf rushed to hospital after gluing his penis to a Hoover. Hoover. Who would glue it? Who would glue it? Well, you don't need glue. I can tell you that for nothing. (laughs) Who the fuck would glue it? There's many, many stories here about using Henry's in that in that style. So I can't believe that. Yeah, no. You'll never you'll never look at Henry the same or Henry. That's one of my left wing groups. Is there? You could use it before you go off to North Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drain Um, myself before I go off. Yeah, so look, talking about talking about that type of implement and the the other bit of news from my end is um, from your end. I was in you. Okay, all right. Yeah, not not from the end where the Henry goes. From my other is um, I was bit by my son this week. Quite hard. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the chest. We were wrestling in the garden. We we sort of fake wrestle, and um, 
he bit me because he got too overexcited. And I've got a little mark there and I screamed out in anguish. And it led me to Google like how strong a human bite is. Oh, wow. Now, do, okay. you, do you know what PSI stands for? Uh, it's what they measure like power in. Cor- pressure per square inch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea is obviously if you think about force, if you think about a high heel like a woman wears, you've got a, you've got a, a small surface area at the end of a heel. So the PSI on that is quite high because you get a lot of pressure per square inch or force going through that so it can create issues on disco dance floors. Anyway, <laughs> not too much of the concern here, but hu- the human bite is 162 PSI, 162. Okay. That's what we can generate with our jaw. And I just wondered if you had any idea about, I mean, I've got the top 10 here, which is probably quite boring, but I wondered if you had any idea, you know, what, what might be up there in terms of PSI. So if we're at 162, where would you place some of the some of the animals in the animal kingdom? Uh, is the the mantis praying shrimp up there? No, it's not. No. It's not. No. Is this only bite specific or? Yeah, strongest. Bite. Oh, okay, bite specific. I thought you meant like any power they can generate. Um, great white. Uh, well, the bull shark is here. Yeah, that's twelve hundred and fifty psi, which wow. is absolutely frightening. The highest dog is called the Kangal dog. So I'll start there. The Kangal dog is 750. So that's about four to five times a human. And they're bred in Alligator? What about alligator? It's not on the list, which surprises me. So they they bite less hard than a Kangal dog. A lion? Um, No. A bear? Yeah, there's a few bears in here. So you've got the the Kodiak bear at 930. And you've got the polar bear, which shocked me at 12... 1235 I mean, bears are but scary, the, gri- the grizzly bear is 1250 Fucking so the hell. grizzly bear can bite as hard as the bull shark which yeah. scared the life out of me i just what about some three? sort of some sort of snake uh yeah the, the i think it's the titan no boa i think okay that. that's at 900 go on you give so, me the top three i'll give you the top three the silverback gorilla is oh, at 1300 wow. so that could just bite off your leg quite Fucking easily hell. The hippo, you won't believe this. Oh, I, I was going to say hippo, but I thought... 1,825 PSI. How many? Which how is many? 10x a human. So that could literally just bite through your torso, couldn't it? How many people do hippos kill a year? A lot. I'm, I'm searching it right now. Mm. The hippopotamus. Estimated 500 people a year just in Africa. It's quite a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot. Very dangerous. Do you know why I didn't say hippos? Because they don't actually have that many teeth. So I was like, you know, do you know what I mean? But, but you know, fair play. Mm, mm. I, I was thinking hippo because I always think whenever someone asks me dangerous animals, I always think hippo because I know they're dangerous. Yeah, hippo is not bad. I mean, it's underrated. And number one for you here is the jaguar. Wow. Which I never would have got. That's got a PSI bite force of 2,000. Wow. So that is quite scary. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is... Uh, So there you go. So that linked to my son biting me at about a 162 PSI. Actually, he wouldn't be 162, would he? That's a human. He'd probably be about 80. Yeah. Have I ever told you about I had a bit of a biting issue when I was young? What, you kept nibbling people? So, all right. so, So when I was about four, I didn't actually know English. So uh, I didn't learn English till I got into properly until like year one. Mm. Um, don't have an accent though, which is quite lucky. So in nursery and reception, I, being the competitive young man I was, um, I was like waiting to go on the slide, and a kid kind of went in front of me, and I bit him because he wow. uh, he skipped the skipped the queue. Um, and it, it wasn't the only time it happened. So the next time it happened was in a GP surgery, and I was. Um, <laughs> playing like Jenga with this little kid. Uh, I was also a little child at the time, by the way. Uh, just, just to make things clear, because we've, we've seen allegations of uh, who's the bloke that's raised loads of money for that, for that girl. Anyway, we won't go into that. Um, I, I bit this kid because we ended up fighting. We ended up actually having an actual fight and I ended up biting him. And, and <laughs> apparently his mum turned to my mum and said, he's got chicken pox. That's the reason he's here. So uh, it was the second time I got chicken pox. When I was, when what I was <laughs> I've just, I, by, I've just Googled here. There's a lot of stories here. Why does my girlfriend bite me? Oh, really? And apparently biting is a way of showing reliance on someone. Oh, so your wow. girlfriend really needs you. Oh, wow. 
Biting is one of the most powerful forces generated from our bodies. It reminds me a little bit of me biting the chicken last week. That's my <laughs> surprise. You know when I had the whole rotisserie chicken and a packet of beetroot? Uncle Richard has actually got a photo of me devouring a chicken and beetroot, so I'm going to post that. I used to send them photos from my hotel room. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I was on the phone to someone today that said um, the, in, the idea of you being in boxes with your belly out and with the rotisserie chicken and um, mm, and beetroot mm. was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Well, I never had a massive gut back then. The whole reason I was eating rotisserie chickens and beetroot was to stay in shape. There's no carbs. The COVID stone, as someone's labelled it this week, or the COVID three stone in my case, that's only been added over the last 18 months. I'm in a really vicious cycle, though, and I wonder if anyone can sympathise or empathise with me. I'm not sure what the correct use is there. But I'm in a real issue with my wardrobe and clothes because... I refuse to go out and spend money on fat clothes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go and buy fancy clothes with the labels on because it's like there's no point when I'm going to lose this weight. But, but like baggy is baggy is trendy these days, mate. Not for me. I like it absolutely. I like it to be almost like lycra. That's when I'm at my best. <laughs> and the thing is, I now have to go down to M and S to buy stopgap clothes consistently <laughs> just to give myself some breathing kind of room. Breathing quite room. literally. So I've got this terrible wardrobe that I'm bringing together of all M and S clothes, and I'm not buying any fancy clothes because I refuse to buy them when I'm this size. So I must shift the COVID weight. Must shift the COVID. I t- have I you got a plan you, for I that? Uh, no, I'm going to start after Euros. So next Monday, I'm literally starting a fitness regime. I tell you, he's lost loads of weight, Uncle Richard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he lost it for the wedding. How's he done that? Um, oh, there's this drink he's been having. It's a nutritional drink. It's like a formula, and he was having two of those a day, cut out loads of snacks, just, you know, basic, really. Calories in versus out. But it does look very good. So I need to follow his, um, his what's his word? His path. So anyway, we better wrap. Should we go on to the predictions? Yeah. yeah. Just, I'll just refresh uh, people how we did last week. Let, let's go on to the predictions. But before that, I need to remind people once more that support for the Pet and Panda cast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code PANDA at manscaped.com. Com. I'm actually I'm gonna use it tonight in the shower. Good. Um, before my Can yourself out for Wales. Yeah. Can it. I? I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna put put one more thing as well. I've I've got one more thing to plug for the community. Go on. All right, people that are listening, there's thousands of you. I'm not seeing enough noise on social media, and what I want to do to try and get us into the mainstream of podcasting is I'm asking all the the you know the hardcore. I'm not talking about your casual Johns who listening to it on the on the in the car on the way to the to work and they never put in a question and they never really message us i'm talking about your chris barkers your ginger pierlos your your you know you you know who you are i'm talking to you your, your louis m's the guys that that the hardcore followers of the show i want you to send the show to a friend right and i want your friend to listen to it and i want your friend to send you a voice note right of what they thought first impressions on the show and if you send me that voice note i'll put it on the show and we'll react to it live on air that's what i want to do that's what i want to do love it love it yeah good thinking and then, oh what's that one more oh, oh. for the for no for oh, people F, oh, what's his name fi audit fpl audit he was talking about the budget we had and i said another good little tip for away jobs we used to drive up the a10 to norwich like the Tour de France in the slipstream of each other and take turns at the front to save on petrol. <laughs> it's quite a good little thing to do as well. Like bumper to bumper like to really keep France. those petrol costs down. But anyway, uh, yes. So predictions wise. So look, last <laughs> week we were perfect. Doesn't surprise, shouldn't surprise anyone really. The super forecaster um, and a mogul. But we were four for four in terms of the results with one perfect score. So both went for Spain, 2-1 and 2-0. That, that didn't come in. Spain won an extra time. Italy, 1-0 and 2-0. Obviously, that, that was blown as well. But we both had Denmark 2-1. And mm-hmm. um, Ukraine, well, we had England 3-0 and 2-0, respectively. So, long story short, it takes me to nine points and it takes you to seven. One so correct score a, in there, fair play. Yep. Uh, so, 75% success rate for me and 58 for you. So, it is still all, it's still all to play for with the semis and final to predict coming up. Okay. And what have you got for tonight's game, Spain, Italy? Right. Let me just... Do you want to go first on that one? 
You go first and I'll go first. <laughs> right, let me just bring up the odds in front of me. A little bit sloppy here where we are. I don't really need the odds, but I just want to see where things stand. So this is a really, really tough game tonight to call. I think both of these teams have Can had... I just ask before you... Go on. Have you... Have you... Are you still quite bullish on Spain after what you saw? I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And look, the, I don't always rely on underlying numbers, but I thought it was interesting that I saw Spain and Italy, I think a one and two in terms of pressing and winning the ball back in the opposition half. They're one and two in terms of conceding key passes into their own area. And I think they're one and two in another quite key statistic. So these have been two teams that have performed very well throughout. I dare say that Italy are more battle-hardened because obviously they came through Belgium. And I think Belgium were... I think it's unfortunate the, the flack Martinez gets. I mean, people know I'm quite a big fan of his, but Witzel had a, a miraculous recovery with the Achilles and it was just mm. great that he was there. KDB played on a grade two ankle ligament strain. Um, so he wasn't fit. And I purposely watched him off the ball in the second half from 60 minutes on. And he wasn't the same didn't guy. Move. He did run just out of puff. He just wasn't moving off the ball. And an Eden Hazard, who, yes, he isn't the star player he once was, but you still would like him fit if you're Martinez. So when you think about going out to Italy by a goal, who are unbeaten in 33, and France in the last World Cup and going out to them in the semis by a goal, I'm not too sure that's that's a disgrace, and I would definitely keep him for next year. But look, Belgium aside, credit to Italy, they came through. I think we're in for a slight surprise tonight. And, and really? I think Spain, yeah, I think Spain find a way to, to go wow. through. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a one goal margin, I think they're massively, I don't believe in XG and it correcting, but Gerard Moreno and Morata are a little, especially Moreno, who I like, I think they're better than their finishing suggested. Um, mm. Super fit Spanish team. I think we're going to see oh, one of the battles of the tournament in terms of the midfield wow. with Busquets, Pedri up against. Verratti, Barella, and um, Jorginho. Mm. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be hardly anything in it. The main thing for me is that they're both going to be softened up again with a very, very intense physical game ahead of the final. And I think Spain find a way in extra time. Oh, wow. To meet the Euro final. So I'm going for Spain. <sighs> I'm going to go for Italy. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit more reticent to say that because of the Spinozola injury. I think that's big. I, I really think it's think that's really big. big. Do you know he what? He has been I said, fantastic down that left of Insigne. But like the overload that he creates with Insigne is so deadly. Isn't He's it? been so... He reminds me of Zambrotta in the 2006 World Cup. Mm. He was a he, real he dynamo. He was on to be player of the tournament probably. Yes. Yes, he, he was. probably was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now that's kind of up for grabs, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think... I think Spain have got quite a soft centrist. Like, the throat of their team is quite soft. Mm. And I I don't think Immobile has been very good, but he does work very hard and run teams ragged. He'll always make those runs. And I think with Insigne and Chiesa, especially Insigne, who likes to tuck in a little bit, I think you've got enough there to kind of see it through. I think they'll win 2-1. Mm. I think Italy 2-1. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure. I've got a feeling it could go to extra time, but I think Italy will win it somehow. Have Italy been behind yet in this tournament? No. No, you see, I do like the fact Spain were behind to Croatia and kept playing and came back. And, and came back. I like that. Um, you know, we haven't seen Italy tested yet under those conditions. And I just wonder if Spain can get ahead tonight how Italy will look. I mean, I don't think they'll panic, but semi-finals, everything on the line. Um, so we're both, so, we're, so that's a chance for you to catch up with. Mm, I, had to, I have to then, I have to go. You have to, you. for the interest of the, for the competition and the listeners, we have to split there. So that works out well. Okay. And then over to you for England versus Denmark tomorrow at eight o'clock. I think it could be another 2-1 to England. Mm. I mm. think we'll concede our first goal. Mm. I think Denmark are a very interesting team. I'm quite curious to see if we go three at the back again to match up. I think they'll cause us some issues. Um, they're very technically astute. They play very nice football. They play quite fast football as well. Um, 
I wonder if he brings Henderson in. Um, it's quite interesting. It's quite going to be quite interesting. I do think we scrape by 2-1. But there's something in me that makes this feel like a... It just feels so much like the World Cup. And this is our Croatia. Doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I, yeah, so I'm, I think we go behind tomorrow night. Wow. I, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to... I think I'm absolutely convinced we're going to concede our first goal. And it wouldn't surprise me if we fell behind. Uh, Denmark, in terms of their performances against Finland, Belgium... In Russia, Wales, and the Czech Republic, they've performed very well in terms of chances created versus conceded. So there's been some very, very good performances. And it took KDB coming off the bench yeah. uh, versus Denmark on the second group game. And even then, they they beat them XG terms by quite a distance, didn't they? Yeah, they I mean, the first half, game. it should have been 2 or 3 nil, And then Belgium roared back in the second half. But this is a fantastic Danish side. And I think we're going to go behind, but we're going to have learned from three years ago and they just don't have quite enough quality to hold out for the 90 minutes, unlike Croatia. So I think 2-1 is, is, a, is a great shout. So I'm going to go 2-1 England tomorrow as well. But I wow. do think we go behind. And I think this is a very, very dangerous betting game. I mean, I was in the group chat. We always talk a little bit about gambling. And it was interesting. In tournament football, a little tip for, for people out there, don't, feel, or don't always feel the need to play the money line or the match odds versus the to qualify or winner of the tie market. Because when you take on the match odds, you can often have a shortened market because if the game is a one-all or two-all going into the last 15 minutes, teams tend to shut up shop and think, let's just take this extra time. Let's not do anything silly. So you're getting a reduced time frame to bet with. I do like sometimes taking the to qualify. So last week, England were 1.46 against Ukraine. Obviously, yes, it won. But that's an implied percentage chance of probability-wise of about 71, 74%, something like that. So they need to win seven out of 10 times in the match odds. I far preferred to pay the premium and take them to qualify, which was around 1.26. And I was saying that at the time. So it just gives you a couple of options in terms of entry there. You don't need to take match odds. Um, so, you know, if I was nervous tomorrow around Denmark, I may consider looking at the to qualify market and playing that instead, just to give myself the extra half an hour in case... It's a draw in normal time. The bet's not dead. And I can always hedge or come out going into penalties. Mm. So it just saves you from losing 100% of your stake. But you are paying a premium there in terms of price. Mm. But I do think tomorrow, very dangerous. I mean, Ukraine to me, I, I, I was saying it all day. I just couldn't see any way yeah. it wasn't a stroll yeah, in the park. Yeah, yeah. Especially it just didn't have Malion- enough to hurt us. Malinovsky? Yeah, uh, Malinovsky had a knock, didn't they? The best player, yeah. isn't he? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. him, then Zinchenko, then the two up top. Like, I think mm, it's... Mm. it's but like it was weird because we start they were such a compact five three two wasn't it? you could see it in the in the camera shots couldn't you how how um compact their team was i felt like if we didn't score early there was going to be a bit of a struggle but even mm. when we went one nil up there was like 15 20 minutes where they did get and they're quite technically good aren't they ukraine they're they're, they're a decent team they just yeah, I mean... wasn't really you know any it was a, it was a any teeth to their bite? What's no, the, what's, exactly. the, what's the expression? Yeah, and it, uh, was all bark, no bite. Yeah, all bark, no bite. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and ha- <laughs> how are we going to play the final? Because we. <sighs> well, I mean, it's got to be for me, Italy, England, and for you, England, Spain, isn't it? Yes, I'm just trying to think. I mean, how I would say this, I think it's coming home. Which really? Is, yeah, I do. I'm convinced. Oh, okay. I'd be astonished if it didn't at this time. Oh, wow. I, think, I think we have far too much depth and talent in this squad. And I see something. I, I can't remember fully the England Rugby World Cup victory or some of the cycling at the Olympics, but there's something about, and I know you disagree with me here, the way Southgate is using the squad, the harmony. I mean, we said a few episodes ago, he's probably been a better PR man than a yeah. tactics man because he took over when England... They were despised as a national team. And I remember he got Harry Maguire on the unicorn. Obviously, Saka's now on it. He's given <laughs> access with social media inside the camp. And it does feel like you're a lot closer to yeah. these stars. And they're more likable. The way I see Rice and Mount interact with each other. Chilwell, Grealish is quite funny on these little comedy clips. Like, yeah, Sorry, little interviews he's doing. They feel a likable bunch compared to the, the kind of 2006 onwards like uh, bunch. I don't know why they do. So I think Gareth's got to take a lot of credit for that. And he's using the squad well. You know, Sancho's come in and given a good 90 minutes there. Grealish, you know, he might start now. There's a freshness there. And I think he's using it fairly well. Mm. You're not a big fan still? I No, no. I, I, I think my um, 
my arguments against him have been purely on the pitch. Like I think he's yes. he's got the. I think I tweeted on my personal account that he's got the the absolute correct values to be England coach, and I think I wrote that after, um, after he wrote the 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 letter open letter to England um, about discrimination. I thought that was really really good. Just think it shows that he knows his position is is to some extent above football. Um, and I think yeah, you're right. Like the the harmony is created. Uh, and the but genuinely, I think he's a very he's, he's a good yeah. man manager. It seems. Um, mm. But I think, yeah, I think, I think for me, there's a question of kind of if he doesn't win it, I think it's again, I think it feels like it's par because he owes us a final. Well, th- th- this is this is going to lead on this. I'm just going to put this in here. This is a question that I got through through my DM. Oh you can yeah, yeah, it yeah, now. yeah, go on. Question for the new pod, mate. What do England need to achieve in the Euros for Southgate to justify a new deal to take him to the World Cup and potentially Euro 2024? Does he need to win it? Or is runners-up semi-sufficient? Thanks. So you were just. About, so we'll answer that now because you were just about to answer it. Anyway. So, so I think he is going to stay no matter what. Let me just let me just get that straight. Especially considering how close the next World Cup is. What I will say is, I still don't see the footballing vision of like certain dynasties when it comes to the kind of Spain 08 to 12 the Germany 12 to kind of like 2018 almost like I think that notion of like it it all feels like we're kind of and maybe this is just modern football right and maybe this is like football changing and creating a system where it's just modular parts that can be interchanged um works but I feel like the the pragmatism and this again might be a personal thing right the pragmatism that he shows and the conservatism that he shows for me just isn't like how i like to watch or enjoy football so if i was like if i was the fa i'm obviously like you're obviously and and i do think when you see him celebrate uh during the world cup not the euros when you see him like you know pump fists to the air to fans it kind of you know having an Englishman manage England I think there is that added edge and I do think that the FA have done that one thing right in in making uh and this isn't discriminatory at all right my parents aren't English so um you know making making the England manager English because I do think you have that added edge you know Lippi with Italy 2006 you saw the passion that, that they had like I think if you look around there isn't really anyone who could come in and and, and be the England manager who is English ahead of him right do you think yeah i I was just sort of shaking my head there i can't disagree with you really enough really yeah because i like france 98 is a good example of their first title in a long time they didn't cruise through round after round after round i mean people remember brazil 3-0 in the final when ronaldo swallowed his tongue and played half fit but yeah there was there was blanc desai tram uh and bartes and they there was a lot of extra time i believe or one nils nil nils i just think to get any type of first tournament under your belt, we haven't won a major trophy since what 1966. Obviously, we haven't even been to a final. Have we? Yeah. So, it, to me, performance is secondary. I mean, really? I was okay. frustrated with him not playing Bellingham. I, I was frustrated, and I hold my hands up here with some of the excuses for not playing Sancho, not playing Bellingham. You know, just admit you don't like them. Don't blame it on Champions League experience because then he brought in Saka. So I thought that was a bit wishy-washy in the middle. And maybe it was a bit boring in the group stages, but I just have to sort of swallow um, is it like humble pie or sw- I don't know what. But haven't haven't is, we but... been lucky as well? Like uh... haven't haven't like do you think the goals like no goals conceded is an accurate representation of how good we've because we've we've had some glaring opportunities missed against us, haven't we? Um, yes, Werner Müller. Yeah, but we know Scotland every chance. We know every chance isn't scored. I mean, of course we can sure. Concede. But the thing is, because we were ahead, you know, and I don't know what the numbers say on this, so there might be a data scientist yes. out there, but there is more pressure on finishing a chance 1-0 down versus, you know, 1-0. I mean, Barca yes. were always magicians of this. Like, people would always say, oh, why have the opposition missed a chance at the new Camp? And you, cl- you, you, you snatch at it a bit because you're starved of possession and you don't get many chances. So when they do arrive, you may overthink it. I don't know yeah. if there's any science or data there, but, you know, that Muller chance was guilt-edged Werner was obviously easier because nil-nil then. But if you don't concede hatfuls of chances, you know, you, you might statue it a bit more. So, uh, 
yeah, we could have conceded one and maybe a bit lucky there, but I don't know fully what the XG is or how mm. it works out. But, you know, there is a touch. Of I know we haven't there, but... lost. We haven't lost a game on XG. Right. OK. But yeah. that doesn't mean what I'm what I'm saying isn't true. Right. Like we. I, yeah. I mean, look, I, I look at the body of work and I think. I think, would you, would you, now we're going to do the segment coming up, aren't we? Is there cool. any given, what's the, what's the segment called? Is there any given on your take? Yeah. I want to ask you, maybe, maybe we'll bring this forward or you tweeted, he deserves to be tried for crimes <laughs> against football. Now, but that, come on, that was tongue in cheek and purely about Jack Grealish. You can't just tweet something and say, oh, it was a joke. I didn't mean it. Of course no, it's a joke. Got... He's not going to get tried for anything, is he? You wanted him <laughs> tried. For crimes against football, are you willing, Your Honour? Yeah. Is there any giving that? There is. There today? is gift. I don't think. Right. I think he's brought me enough joy that he shouldn't be tried. Right. Right. That's right. Fine. fine. But I think that's, that's on a results. Like I think that it's for me. Process and output are are just as important. Like I know maybe in tournament football it's kind of like very output based. You've got the Greece, the the Portugal that win the Euros every now and then. And I don't know if it's just maybe because this Euros hasn't gripped me until the knockout phases and because it's COVID and there's no fans, but the, the same magic isn't there for me. It feels, it oh. has felt very Nations league up until I think the Germany game for me. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, I th- which I think maybe is why some of my tanks take tanks. My takes have been a bit more um negative and a bit more damp because i just mm. like i just haven't really felt that like connection and affinity but what i will okay. say he's to do what he's done like considering the little experience and you know his his experience as a as a coach has not been like checkered with amazing like um kind of success in the past it's very impressive like i think um there's kind of uh, a very good understanding with his coaching staff i think like the fact that um a lot of the players are happy to be there, even though they're not playing like that many minutes. Um, I think we heard Kane talking about kind of like, you know, uh, a lot of people talking about my performances, but, you know, I, I was just kind of calm and uh, knew, knew the chances would always come. I think, yeah, I, I just still think we've been quite lucky. Over, And I'm not talking about, like, I'm talking about the body of work of the last two to three years up until the World Cup. I think the runs we've had, we've been quite lucky. I think if I look at the games individually this this tournament we should have conceded goals maybe we shouldn't have lost them i think against germany that was basically a for me anyway it was a 50 50 game whichever way you look at it if you watch it back but i i just i don't know there's something quite not there maybe it's gut feel um there is so slight play, give. So bottom i think bottom line is you need to you need to um you need to see them win it basically yeah i think i, th- I think short. i think after germany if you don't make the final and even germany were favorites well right? hang on you, is it win it or get to the final i think we should we have to win it Fine, fine. Okay. Because I think he owes us a final. I think he's he's indebted us to us as a final, uh, a final after the Why? Croatia loss. Because we we were favourites we against as good Croatia. As Croatia. Well, we were the better team on paper. I mean, that it's not his fault. Harry Kane didn't square it to Sterling, and I don't think we were the better team on paper. Well, it's, it's not his. Well, then you can say it's not his fault. Kane's not scored all tournament until the knockout rounds. I'm not sure about this owe us a final. I mean, you know, Croatia were better than us. And they beat us. Don't know. Um, I don't know. You're talking okay. about you're talking about a team, a, a country with what two million people who re- relied on what thirty two year old Modric and, and Perisic who didn't even start for his for his club. Modric side. was winning Champions League. Yeah, he, he was. But, but what I'm saying, yeah, I mean, that... what, what I'm saying is like you know, like this is a team that had very few top players compared to England. But Do you not agree? Not overly, no. Okay, all right. But okay, so seen as so okay, so look, let's fast forward to the final then. Just to wrap up these predictions. Yes, so sorry. So I, I'm thinking. No, 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 I it's th- my fault. So oh, I on. think, I think England will win it if they make it there. That's the first part. If they don't, then I guess it will be the winner of the other one. So it's a bit of a boring prediction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably the same as me. <laughs> I, I us beating Italy. I think we match up quite well against them. Hmm. And I tell you why, I think they're quite there to be hurt down the sides. I think their midfield play quite narrow. Um, the centre-backs are old and kind of not at their best, physically or, or defensively. Um, Spinozola's not there. I think I can't see Immobile giving Maguire and Stones any trouble. I, I look at them at like Luke Shaw against Chiesa. I just can't really see, 
him having much joy. I can't see Berardi having much joy, whoever starts. If I look at Insigne Walker, I think Walker under Pep has been very comfortable coming inside and, and, and protecting the team from counterattacks, but also coming in for, inside with kind of wingers. I think where we, we could get kind of death by a thousand cuts, and it might have been similar to kind of the the, the Italy of old, maybe going back to, what, Euro 2020, 2012, when Pirlo just, you know, slowly started killing us, right? Like slowly started the progressing the ball more, up the pitch more. I just feel like their midfield might strangle us um, and, and they might get might get one goal in like the 67th minute and then they just kind of, they kind of see it through and, and just shithouse their way to, 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 the, to the Euros and win it. Mm. So I think I'm going to be quite horrible and say 1-0 Italy okay. um, in the final, which makes yep. me feel very sad, but it's... You have to be honest yeah, here. Yeah, I have to be honest. I hope we do win it though, because mm. it'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Monday would be written off national holiday if it's England Spain I've got a quick challenge here just Go on. Run, three minutes here right quick I've created an all-time La Liga versus all-time Premier League team and I wanted you just to tell me who is the best in each position here okay so for example the best goalkeeper to play in the Premier League well I've actually put Van der Sar but that shouldn't actually count let's say Schmeichel versus Casillas who's better Schmeichel versus Casillas yeah <sighs> I feel like I didn't see enough of Schmeichel okay. in my age. I'll tell you Schmeichel then for now. Let's just make that an yeah. easy one. Right. I want to just, there's an experiment here. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Go on. The best right back ever in La Liga versus the Premier League. Let's say Danny Alves versus Gary Neville. Danny Alves. Okay. Sergio Ramos versus Vidic. Ramos. It's not even a contest, is it? Wow. Carlos Puyol versus John Terry. John Terry. Okay. Roberto Carlos versus Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole, overall. Okay. Um, Iniesta versus Skulls. I mean, it's no comparison, is it? <laughs> Xavi versus Gerard. Again, uh, yeah, you can't really. Okay. Zidane versus Lampard. It's, yeah, again, mm. it's just... And then we've got CR7 versus CR7, so that nets off. Yeah. And then <laughs> Messi, Messi versus Rooney. Wait, hang on, where's Thierry? <laughs> He's coming. He's, he's, well, he's coming on the right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's coming. He's on his way. Messi versus Rooney again. Yeah, Messi versus Rooney, me and then R nine versus Honoré. <sighs> yeah, I mean, R nine, the, the two two best strikers. Of all it time, just shows you we're a long way away, aren't we, from having the best talent in the Premier League? I wonder if that'll change. Well, like, yeah, the best I mean, talent, I think, Grace La Liga. It's I think not close. I think that's what people seem to forget about Ronaldo. He was the best player in the Premier League and the world at twenty four. In the mm. Premier League? I think that's really impressive. If you consider that since then, how many Premier League Ballon d'Or, like top three nominations have we Amazing. had? It's, you know, to do that at 24, kind of six, basically six years after leaving the little island that you, you grew up, or no, leaving Madeira. Portugal. He left Madeira mm. when he was like 13, 14, didn't he? Um, leaving Lisbon, like, and then six, five, five years later, being the best player on the planet. In, whilst playing in the Premier League and scoring, what, breaking the record, scoring 42 goals? I think it's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? I think, yep. yeah, I mean, um, it's it's mental, really. But, um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's the final. And that is the random the random Premier League <laughs> Liga. But what, what's your prediction, then? If, if we play Spain in the final, you said it's coming home. Well, how do we win? Well, I, I just think by hook or crook, home advantage... I just think, you know, awfully tough games, but I just think we've got too much firepower and too much okay. bench power for those two clubs. I think it would be a, a, an awfully tight game for the first 60 or 70 minutes, but there's an appetite when these substitutes come on, whether it be Grealish, Foden, um, I mean, Mount's starting at the moment, isn't he? But Sancho, there's just, there's a there's X factors there to come on and win the tournament, which is what you need, I think. So, and I just, I didn't envisage Maguire and sure, and I don't know why I didn't, it's poor of me, defending and looking this accomplished at this level. And I just think Maguire and Shaw have been phenomenal. Um, I mean, I'm less yeah. convinced about Stones and Walker on the right side, but I trust Maguire and Shaw. So, oh, look, look very tough games. They? there won't be much in it. You'll need a little bit of luck on the day, but I just think we have a little bit too much for these clubs. And I think in the past, when we played Croatia, that midfield, Henderson with his kick and run, that'll upset people. But... Um, you know, we did get swallowed and strangled, but I do think we've got physicality in there now with Rice and Phillips plus Mount to kind of link the midfield to the attack. There's enough in there 
to grab a hold of the game, like we got on top of Germany, like mm. we did Ukraine. I would love to see Bellingham or um, Bellingham or Foden in the middle, but if you go for physicality and work rate and you know wrestling control of the game, probably Phillips Rice and Mount are the three. Mm. So, yep. And what so I think yeah, close games, but probably two one, no matter who we play. Wow. Okay. So no matter who we play, two one. But you've you've yeah. got Spain, England in the final. I've got I've got I want to be clear here. I've got Spain coming through tonight. So. You've got Spain coming through tonight. Fair enough. Right. Wow, we're done Questions, five minutes. What the fuck? I just wanted to quick pet peeves. Oh, sure, sure. Go on. Do you know what? And I thought of this just before we start the show, but Apple, so Apple ID, mm. not, not Apple ID, Apple not integrating masks into Face ID. Because a lot of us are going to have to live, well, not a lot of us, but some of us will want to wear masks, you know, for the rest of our lives in shops or public transport, whatever, when, when you're on your own or when you've got a cold, for example, like they do in a lot of Asian countries. And the cheek of Apple, not to make it just your eyes or, you know, so it can register the the, the mask is ridiculous, isn't it? Is there is there enough uh, difference in the um, in the eyes alone? Surely it must work. Yeah, it must like yeah. in films in James Bond where they use the eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The retina scans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why have they not done that? Exactly, Sloppy. it's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask you if you've been doing any um, gambling as well in our five-minute well, gambling section. Yeah, no, no. I probably brought it up earlier, so I just that was. Probably the piece that you can either that cut the piece. to this part, but to me that was a really. Although the outcome was wrong, I thought it was a classic game where I had much more comfort, and I don't always do this, but taking the shorter price, paying the premium, and going England to qualify on that day, mm. uh, which bought myself an extra thirty minutes and a little bit of comfort. So that was that story there. I haven't, I didn't bet on the other semi final, uh, mm. the other quarterfinals. So just England for me at the weekend. And it was just very much a pre-match back, which is quite rare for me. I usually like to let things unfold and develop in play. But that was one without Malinowski. Um, and then Sancho and Mount in the team. I just looked yeah. at it and thought, this is a very this should be very, very comfortable. I would be astonished if England went out at this stage. You're, Especially you're, seeing as they've learned from well, I already had seen them go through Sweden three years before. At this you're stage. quite good at predicting these like not routes, but big difference. Like I remember talking to you about was it Liverpool Palace, the seven nil? Yeah, I, I have certain indicators that pop up um, in the metrics that I look at. And I don't often make pre-match moves, but sometimes when they all fire and kind of go... They, the dominoes all fall into place. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, usually I'll let things develop, but sometimes there are these games where I just cannot see anything but one side winning it. So you just have to make the move pre-match. And in tournament football, if that happens, I'll probably take them to the qualify market. Okay. So, yeah. Fair. Questions. Louis M. I called him a, a fan favourite earlier. You are both contestants on Come Time With Me. Oh, what sugar. starter, main and dessert mm. are you cooking for the other to collect the £1,000 prize? Right. How are we going to do this? Dish by dish or... Yeah. Okay. I would make you... Uh, what would I make you for a starter? What's my speciality? Um... Probably buffalo mozzarella and little little tomatoes with some okay. pesto drizzled on it. Okay. I'd, like I'd, I'd stay Italian. I'd, I'd go for like a bruschetta, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. On, 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 on little little uh, bits of bread. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Main? My main. Yeah. Well, what I eat four times a week for dinner. And, <laughs> and if Mrs. Panda wants to produce me, <laughs> what she'll have to make. And she knows it's the, it's the way to the loins. It's not pork loin. It's spaghetti carbonara. Spaghetti yeah. carbonara. And the MS version of that, it goes in the microwave for three minutes 40. Well, and so it is make, wonderful. Make, I believe you'd that. Make me, you'd make me a microwavable. You cannot. Be, honestly, you cannot beat it. I once went to Collegio's, which is a shocking establishment. And if they try and sponsor this show, you tell them where to go. And I got up and put the, I put the plate on the kitchen counter and I said, tell the chef to stick it. Awful carbonara. I am an expert of the carbonara and the MS ready meal. Let me tell you, that would win the money on come down with me. I want everyone to get out there, go to MS, buy the spaghetti carbonara, three for seven pound range. You can buy uh, a chicken tagliatelle and probably, I don't know, there's another good dish in there. But anyway, the carbonara, three minutes in the microwave. I'd do that for you. Can't beat it. Uh, to be fair, I'm not very good at making food. I'd probably make a steak though. That's what I'm making tonight. <laughs> Uh, and then the dessert, my favourite dessert. This would really I can't, I've never made a dessert in my life. Well, I make the best. I make, I buy I hash brownies. To, no, you know, I go to Brooklyn's and there's the MS and the Tesco next to each other. I tell people about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Tesco, you'll find a range. And 
the other day I was quite sneaky. I told Mrs. Panda, I said, I'll look after the little one. You, you go to MS and finish off the shopping. Reason <laughs> being, I wanted to sneak in the Dutch style pancakes into the trolley. I've got 18 of them. They come in packs of six. I've got three packs, 18. And I will microwave six and I will spread Nutella between each pancake and eat that like a stack. So Dutch pancakes with Nutella and I'd make you that. So just, just to just to round up, right? So yep, yep. I'm having, and I quote, yep. some buffalo mozzarella I with promise tomatoes. you, if come down with me, listen, and they get me on, this would win the money. I a would spaghetti make you... carbonara that's microwaved from M&S. Ready meal. Yep. Ready Best meal. one out there. Yep. And a six pack of Dutch <laughs> pancakes <laughs> from Tesco's. Yeah, with the, with the Nutella in the middle, running through each one. Just warmed up. I got a dessert last night from Treats the Dessert Parlour. Right? And it was an option. It was plus £1.20 to have warm Nutella. That is just a rip-off. That is ridiculous, so right? I would... Yeah, that's literally a tick on added extra on Deliveroo. Um, so I ticked it stupidly because I wanted it warm. But the point is that you can see the premium people want to put on that. I would put the Nutella on before I microwave your six, six stack of Dutch-style pancakes. So I'd have it warm for you. I mean... I might even lie you down horizontally on my kitchen island, pick up the six pancakes and layer them on your face like a face mask and let you just poke your tongue through the six and nibble. <laughs> so I can do all sorts with these pancakes. I can imagine saying to Mrs. Panda, look, here comes his tongue, here comes his tongue, as you just poke through the Dutch oh pancakes. Oh, my yeah. God. So there you go. Sounds like a fucking like really weird like Hannibal Lecter stuff. So. Yeah, like some sort of <laughs> twisted version of um, what's what's that film? Where is it the Caterpillar or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah. Oh it's called it's the pancake version with panda. Oh my fucking god! Uh, okay. And and to to round that, mine would be bruschetta steak and then hash brownies apparently. Hash brownies. I well, I've never ma- not... I've never made a dessert in my that, life. That's a starter though. Hash brownies. Can you give me some Ben and Jerry's cookie dough or something? Yeah, I mean, look, if you want something... But this is the problem with coming down with me. You've got to fucking make it. Mm, mm. You I can't just... You, you can't... That's why I was so... Mm, I, mm, I can't... Mm. I'm treating it with such disdain that you'd give me a spaghetti carbonara from the box. I wouldn't. If I could make it better... Look, that, what's the phrase in the business place? I was always known for this back in the day in the city. Work smart, not hard. Yeah. People would stay there and work 15 hours a day for FaceTime. I would set the email to go up through the night. I'd have everything... I'd, I'd have a mouse little program to make me look like I was online. Anything but working hard, and I'll just you know cut corners where possible. And uh, if you can't beat the carbonara out of MS, why would I bother making it? Yeah, can't beat it, join it. Um, exactly right. Waitrose filled pasta, two for five pounds. Quality, they do you very three good. dinners basically. Very good, very good. I like that. I like those things. Ravioli, for- they're called, aren't they? Uh, there's ravioli and there's the other one, tortellini. Yeah, I like that. I like okay. that actually. Yeah, Before good. we get into it, the rest of the questions, I need to remind you. That Assenheims have sent me and Panda a whole chicken each. So you don't know what Assenheims is. I'm telling you right now, everyone listening, it's the best lunch that you can get in the city. And I think they're delivering nationwide now. Head over to A-S-S-E-N-H-E-I-M-S.com. You get a 10% discount on site if you spent £15 with the code Panda. I'm telling you, the chicken, the rice and the salad... With the green sauce. I don't know what they put in the green sauce. Coriander and some other shit. It is so fucking good. Like, honestly, Panda, when, if it comes today to your house, I want a full, full-scale review I'll on Twitter. I promise you I'll cook it. I got a hundred... I got a it's already cooked. Last night, but I, oh, right. I think it's already cooked. I don't know how it comes here. Okay. Well, I'll... I'll or pre-marinated. I don't know how it works. Fine. Well, I will let you know, and I'll take a photo of this. I'll do that. I get raw food delivered for the dog. Uh, from Bella and Duke, uh, good company. I might try and get some sponsorship from them. So this would be the next great delivery to arrive at the house. Brilliant. Good. All right. Um, Nature Bite, all-time greatest sporting accomplishment, please, team yep. or individual? Easy for me. Uh, there's two individual ones I want to discuss. Number one is from a personal level. So I used to be a wonderful sculler. Do you know what sculling is? Is that um, is that on ice? No, it's okay. on water. It's rowing. But rowing has one blade or one oar. Sculling has two. Okay. So it's it's rowing with two blades or two oars. I call it blades. We, we do it in the profession. 
So I, I represented my county, Essex, in the London Heathrow Youth Games and won a couple of silver medals. Wow. So I was an expert sculler uh, back in the day. Is that before. true? Or it does sound true because you it, can make up a lot of stuff. I don't make up anything. <laughs> I mean, that, I've got a paperclip. Uh, so that was true. And I was trained under an ex-Olympian rower uh, who represented Great Britain. So that was the, I mean, what a wonderful accomplishment that is, you know. Uh, the, the greatest professional achievement was Tom Brady last year. And it's oh, not wow. close. Oh, this wow. is a guy at 43 or 42, shouldn't be playing the position of quarterback anymore at this elite level. He goes to a new franchise with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has no off-season to work with the, the team because of covid he has to learn a whole new playbook after being 20 years in New England. Not only does he go in there and take half a season to develop and they're quite slow, they go on an unbeaten run at the end and win the Super Bowl. To me, that's a phenomenal achievement. I think Similar he, to my Heathrow, similar to me and my sculling. I think professionally, Leicester winning the league for me. That's, that's actually a really good answer. I think um, really tough to beat that. Really good answer, yeah. My personal one. I broke I broke my school first team's goal scoring record. <laughs> and I've also competed for England in European karate competition. I just don't believe any of that. What it's both true. <laughs> can't what do you mean you can't believe that? It just can't I, I broke a record. I know an Olympian or a national athlete when I see one. And let me tell you. I did. In, I'm looking at one in the mirror here in my office, and I certainly don't see one look at you. Well, look, that's... Okay. That very good. Is, very, very good. Those are my two. Those are my my two. worst one. Let me tell you my worst one. I think there is a question about this. There but, is going to be one. Well, so I'll, I'll answer it now because I can think of it. Yeah. Oh, so he says... Chris Barker says, I'd like to hear about your peak of peak of your powers in a sporting competition and also the lowest you felt in a competitive sporting situation. Let me tell you the lowest quite easily. I played for uh, a little village club in Essex cricket and I was playing for the, I'm trying to think of the age. It might have been under 14s, under 15, something along those lines. And I went into bat. They saved me to the end because I was the star player because I was playing in the B team. So I can't have been that good. And my first shot, I was batting with my mate, first shot hit an on drive which is one of the hardest cricket shots to hit. And it went for four. Um, and all the fielders were like, fucking hell, lads. Like, who's this? Like, it looked like Brian Lara had come to the crease. Honestly, I'd never hit a shot like that with my Slazinger V500 before, ever. I had the same bat as Mark Rambrakash at the time. And then after that, once the pressure rammed up, I couldn't hit a ball. And it got so embarrassing that the umpire at the other end, I think his name was Mr. Sutton, I might get his first name away. He was like, fucking just slog it out of me. He said, just slog it. And there's that pressure wrapped up. I couldn't hit anything. And I actually shed a tear. Can you believe that? Fucking in pubic, Awful, awful times. Embarrassed in front of family, friends, colleagues. Horrible. And uh, eventually then just had to turn into a fast, rapid bowler. Mm. Just, oh, yeah. you know, when you get when you get the yips, you just, I just could not hit the ball for love nor money. Oh, man. Shocking, I mean, I've man. never played cricket, so I can't really sympathise. No, just it's just like trying to hit a tennis ball, but never being able to make contact. And you just don't know why your body is not letting you um, perform. For me, I've got three separate cup finals. Oh, yep. One, we won. So I assisted the first goal and then broke my arm straight after. Assist, assist the first goal in the first half. Crowds there. It's the first game I played in like a proper stadium. And literally the next attack, I've gone gone past two defenders and I've I've just overshot my last touch to get past the last defender. And I remember they had this mountain of a goalkeeper. I'm telling you, this man was like this bloke was so big, so big and so wide. And he, he came and smothered the ball. And I remember jumping over him and it felt like I was jumping over a mountain. And when I landed, I landed on my arm, broke it. So I had to watch yeah. watch from the sidelines. It was horrible. But we won 2-1 in the end, so it did feel good. Other two, lost in a cut final, 3-1. I scored the only goal for our team, but we lost 3-1 for school. It was horrible. Uh, got back on the got back on the coach. No one said a word. And then it just descended into, you know, raging argument. Everyone blamed each other. It was not nice. Third one was probably the worst. We were on tour for my kind of Sunday team at the, t- at the time. And we were, we were, like I don't know, like... The, the standard of football in, in London, I think, is, is quite a lot higher than, than a lot of other places in England. So we kind of arrogantly stride up to this place down somewhere down south and just basically we were just smacking all the teams. You know, they'd come from like Coventry or whatever. We're just smacking them, you know, six, seven, eight nils, blah, blah, blah. Like playing, playing you know, 
centre backs in up front for the last twenty minutes, kind of thing. And we just kind of trounced every team up until we got the final. In the final, we played a bunch of blokes that we'd beaten about five six nil in, in the groups, and they beat us two nil. And uh, we were shocked. It was our it was our arrogance that lost us the game, basically. Um, and it was it was horrible because when you when your favourites to win and you lose, it's just, there's no worse feeling in football. I think you feel so mm. embarrassed. So mm. uh, that was probably my worst one. Good. One more question I wanted to cover. Go on. Uh, before I, before I go, what time was it? Was oh shit, it's an hour. Um, top five computer games of my youth. Oh yeah, that was a good one from FIPMK. Top five Love computer this. games from your youth. Panda, presumably PS2 era, Pet PS5. Mm. That's a bit mean. So were you a big video gamer? I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So up until yeah, up until like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay. Played quite a few games. I'm gonna. I've, I've written down here in preparation eight of my favourite games, and I wonder if anyone else played them out there and could, okay. uh, could comment on the podcast. So San Andreas. Yeah, uh, love that one. GTA Top San game. Andreas. Top game. Um, do you know the character? What he was called in that game? Just, uh, I don't remember. It. Let me just Google it just really quickly. Uh, do you want to give a game while I check this out? Um, so you were probably kind of you know older at this point on the playstation 2 i was younger ratchet and clank on the playstation 2 back you in the won't day. believe this it's on my list and we've not covered really this wow yeah. top so, game top game oh carl cj johnson that was his name in yeah, his yeah yeah carl um, who lived in the in, who lived in the grove or yeah, yeah, yeah. cul-de-sac where he started okay so san andreas honestly ratchet and clank it's top one game. underneath it top game top, i got it for christmas along with the next one on my list once uh, Devil May Cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Devil May Cry 3 on Dante. Xbox 360 was top class. So you've got San Andreas, Ratchet and Clank, Devil May Cry. This is one for the older gamers and Onimusha Warlords. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. No. Unbelievable. With a main character called Sam Sanoki. And it was like a, a sword based slash em up. But it was a bit like, I think it was the same game designers as uh, Resident Evil. Okay. So it had that feel to it. But it was based in. Samurai in the Samurai Swords world, right. I guess. So anyway, Onimusha Warlords, brilliant. Um, SSX Tricky. Yeah, I Snowboarding never really played game. that. I never okay. really played it. I was, I used to be in the back of the official PlayStation magazine. You'd have to post in your best times. No I way. Was off, I was often in the best three in the country at that. Yeah. <laughs> me and my schoolmate. I just used don't to believe you. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Telling you, me and my mate used to play hours after school, like trying to beat each other on time trials, and uh, we got so good at it. So S six tricky is one of the best three in the country. Um, um, another one, go on, anyone from you? Pokemon Gold. I didn't play that. Pokemon Sapphire. Okay, I didn't play that. I think those those two were fucking quality. Okay. Yeah. Um, that those two. Well, they Pokemon they clearly games. were because everyone says it. I just I missed it by my age. I think. Yeah. Uh, Crash Team Racing, ever heard of that? No. Gran okay, Turismo. That was a karting game. Gran Turismo, I liked. I was a fan. I stayed, up, I stayed up all night playing the speed ring to try and win 80,000. And eventually just got so bored of it. It was a really easy Some, track. Do you know what? Over. Some of the Need for Speed games were fucking good as well. Did you ever play any of those? Not oh, really. I wasn't good. a big racer. I, the only good. racing game I played, Gran Turismo, and I played Colin McRae Rally. Okay. That was a little bit boring. Too much yeah, for Sim. Yeah. It was too difficult for my yeah. age. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Never played that. I played Skate. Love that. On... Yeah, probably similar. I well, played got Skate. Skate around, collect yeah, yeah. items, that type of stuff. Okay. The last one for me, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, okay. No, I never Number played Number two, that, Sons, of, Sons of Liberty. I heard it was very Brilliant. Good. Spy type game. Espionage. Did you ever play any of the Zelda games? No. No, no, no. I know that, again, extremely highly rated. I was a PlayStation man through and through. Do you know what was so good, one of the Star Wars games was very good, very good. I think was it Revenge of the Sith or another one? Um, play that. Uh, what else? I think the first couple of Assassin's Creed games as well. Yeah, top again, quality I was stuff. Probably out of gaming. By probably then. out of gaming. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank Two. Um, Jack and Daxter was another one. Yeah, Jack and Daxter. I don't think that quality. was as good as Ratchet and Clank. It wasn't, but maybe it was just close. below, just yeah, a tier below. Yeah, what I was did the, love platformers like that. Did you ever play Star Fox Adventures? On the no. Nintendo GameCube? No. Oh, man. That was good. Pokemon Coliseum on Nintendo GameCube? No, I, I, mean, I was only a PlayStation man. What about Super Smash Bros. on GameCube? You must have played that like at a mate's house. Yeah, hang on. Let, we did, well, I think I played that at uni. You, had Smash, you, might, you, you must have had Smash Bros. on... Um, what was the one before GameCube? Six, Nintendo 64? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I have played that one. And Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. yeah. A lot of wrestling games. Smackdown, just bring it. Do you know what? Played a lot. Tekken. Um, I was very good at Tekken. Tekken Tag, I might have been, or was it Tekken 2? WWE 2008 was good. Yeah, again, that, that, was, that was past me. Past you. I was more playing it. Call, Call of Duty 4, 5, and 6 for me was like... Because like, I think you have your first kind of loves of gaming and for me that was like ratchet and clank that was jack and daxter those kind of games pokemon and then like as you you know when you got into secondary school and played with friends online call of duty four five and six were the were the prime games the prime I think the best game. ever i think call of duty modern warfare 2 nothing will ever hit oh, me like that again no i was at, i think i was at uni and it was the first ever time i'd ever been online and played like live battles against people and it just blew me away. Who's that people bring around TVs at like midnight and literally going through and playing till 7 a.m. the next morning? Unbelievable times. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, I think I'm more questioned right. out. There's a few about tennis. I've not watched any of the tennis. Um, there's one about uh, Villa making a third bid from, bid from Swithrow. He's not leaving anywhere. It's his agent being smart and getting, uh, um, getting more money out of Arsenal. I think he'll sign a new deal. Um, yeah, Ted Tennis, my only quick thoughts on tennis are the generation that should be coming through, um, they're still losing to the to the major players, and that just frustrates me. You know, there's Sitsipas, uh, Alexander Zverev. Aren't they quite young though? They're not not young enough. No, this is why. Look, Piers Morgan had a take yesterday talking about the 18-year-old Brit, and I think it's disgusting. I don't know how ill she was, and maybe this is harsh, but teenagers, you know, Hingis, Sharapova, Boris Becker. You know, you should be ready to win at this age. You know, not failing through physical conditioning. So I think it's lame that she retired. You know, that's not a winning mentality for me. And people having to go at John McEnroe, I suggest she needs more McEnroe in her and to learn to be a champion because it's hard to win Grand Slams. I remember watching Murray versus Nalbandian like when I was massively into the tennis trading, when Murray first come through. And Murray had similar issues when he was sort of 18 to 21 with the cramps and the fitness issues. Um, the player I wanted to just touch upon who absolutely driven me up the wall over the years of tennis trading, Gail Monfils. He's a oh, French yeah. guy. He's just, you, know, you, can wa- you can watch him and you can think, wow, there is, he is such an athlete and he's got such incredible hands and he can play games where he's unplayable and then he can throw in a game with four unforced errors and you just, he's so all over the place and for the talent he has to not win a slam, pretty poor really. Um, there's who's another the, Who's the Australian guy as well? The Australian uh, guy that hates oh, tennis. Oh, yeah, see, uh, Kyrgios, Nick Kyrgios. Isn't he, he supposed to be quite good? Yeah, I think his talent is maybe overstated. I mean, he's good, of course, but I'm not sure he had Grand Slam potential ever. Um, and obviously part of winning a Grand Slam is having it between the years. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The fact that you don't have it between the years means that you could never have won one anyway. I think it's a really weak thing to say, oh, if I focused and tried hard, I could win a Grand Slam. Well, we could all say that, couldn't we? I mean, you either do it or you don't. So... Oh, I don't really like that from him. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the tennis chat, really, for now. Yeah. Fair play. Cool. Fair play. All right. All right. Well, well I think catch that's you all next time. Catch for. you in a week and a half. Yeah. I'll catch Enjoy you next Thursday. Wales. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, if you guys did enjoy that, please do leave a review. Let us know what your thoughts are on Twitter. Send it to your mates. Is this going out tonight, Tuesday? Yes. Actually, it? it is. It'd be timely. Cool. Timely, mate. Before the game. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day, and we'll catch you next Thursday. Thank you.